Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Jamie and Marcus here. Welcome to Test of Time, episode number 16. Excellent. Love, love pa passion, and hustle in the restaurant business. Our love, passion, and our hustle. Uh, so, what we've done for the last 20 years at our restaurant, um, unique situation. We're a couplepreneur and we love working together. And um, we've uh, been up and down everywhere <laughs> as far as <laughs> success, <laughs> failure. Um, you know, failures are important, right? Failures yeah. are really important because it makes you push harder to want to do better and to do more and to, and, and just to excel. Um, so I think, you know, I think people that fail, I think it, it helps make them a better rounded person, 100%. right? Failure is part of the success and learning process in everything Yep. in not only in, in business, but in sports um, in, you know, in, in life in general, right. If you yep. have a failing marriage, you're going to figure out how to do it better the next time or, or, change or change things while right. you're in the marriage. I think people, you know, in my opinion, I think people give up way too easily instead of trying to change things. So I do too. In, in all aspects of life. I think it's really, really important. You're never going to, I've said this to you for years, we're never going to see eye to eye on everything. We're not the same person. We're never going to see eye to eye. And there are going to be things that we disagree upon. There's going to be things that we fight about. There's things that, you know, I think we've gotten much better over the many years about fighting, but I think that, you know, you fight for what you believe in sometimes. And I think that, you know, things that are super important to either of us are things that we argue about or, you know, we feel very uh, strong and opinionated about, you know, we are two Aries. So we yeah. definitely, we definitely, um, you know, are, are opinionated people. So, yeah. but anyway, back to, you know, we were talking about failures a little bit and about passion and stuff like that. So, so. Of course, there is a way to learn from other people's failures. Absolutely. But there's nothing like learning from your own as well. But there are, you know, there's books, there's mentors, there's coaches, uh, all kinds of things, people that you can look up to that you can actually learn and take shortcuts, which is re which is really recommended to take these shortcuts. But sometimes you will experience failure. But yourself. taking shortcuts sometimes isn't always the right answer because you have to learn by doing yeah, right. Of course so, you doing. so when you talk about shortcuts, you're talking about things that have other people have failed upon, right? Yes. And you're taking right. the shortcut to get there because, like, you're taking learning lessons from other people's failures. Exactly. You're not taking shortcuts to, like, you know, take <laughs> like, like, think you're gonna right. Not, not, not a bad shortcut. These right. are good shortcuts. Right. You it's take like a good... shortcut through a river, and you have to wade through the water. That wasn't quite a shortcut, even though it got you there 15 minutes faster. So. You know, yeah, and now you're soaking wet. And you have now no you're clothes. soaking wet, and you have no clothes. Exactly, right, right. right. So, so, so when we talk about shortcuts, you know, and, and taking things from other people, we're talking about learning from other people's mistakes and and trying not to make them yourself. So, so what are we talking about today? What did we say? We were going to talk about um, creating something unique. Cre yes, and having a passion for something, which you know always comes up in our conversations because we we have a passion uh we have a passion for helping people we have a passion for our restaurant we have a passion for building culture uh with our staff we have a huge passion in all of those things that that we do um so let's talk about building something unique excellent so so how do you how does that happen you know 
when we talk to a lot of restaurateurs, they're just fine just doing the basic thing all the time. They buy from Cisco. They buy from big big companies. big companies, U.S. Foods. They buy from big companies, and they're okay with that. Big wine companies, big mm-hmm. liquor companies. So my my biggest problem is, is when we go to we go away a lot. We travel mm-hmm. a lot. And when you go into a town, like this just happened in upstate New York to us. We went to a town, a small town. We were watching our son play baseball. And we go from one restaurant to another restaurant, two different restaurants. And they both have the The same wine. Same wine list. The same wine list. Same back of the bar. And it was just like, wow. Like, like, that's boring. I know there's certain standard things that every bar, restaurant, wine situation is going to have to have. Like, like you're going to have Pinot Grigio, but why all have Echo Damani? Why all have Santa Margarita? Right. These are things you go into a liquor store for and you find floor stacked and the big poster in the window that it's on sale. And when you walk into a restaurant, I think those things are a bit devalued because you can find them anywhere. anywhere. A long, long time ago, there's a there's a great beer store here in the Hudson Valley. And um, it's called Halftime. And he's been around for a long, long, long time. He's the first like big beer store. And I was talking to him years ago. Um, he said to me, he goes, Marcus, it's nice to have the the Duval. It's nice to have those 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 brands. But he goes, when you look down this road, he showed me all these beers. He goes, he goes, this is all blind priced. He goes, nobody else has these beers. Nobody knows what they should be going for. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what I paid for them unless you do some research. He goes, so I have blind pricing in here. I can basically charge extra. And it's extra for the work that I've done in researching to get the beer here in my knowledge, which isn't much if you're into it and it's your passion. I said, wow, that makes sense, right? So now when you walk into a a restaurant, and I got to tell you, most restaurants have Santa Margarita. Most restaurants have Santa, Mar- Santa Margarita, Pinot Grigio. It's just a standard, a standard, a standard one. By the glass, but by, by the, the bottle. bottle, by the bottle. bottle. Yeah. I have no idea how much it sells for. And that would be something really cool to look up. And I think we can find that out while we're sitting here talking. I don't have that website open. However, um, let's say let's say they're, they're paying 20 bucks, which might be 20 bucks Santa Margarita, a bottle. There's Pinot Grigio that is far better for mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve dollars a bottle, that you will make far more margin, and there won't be so much sticker shock. And let's face it, if you're buying, if if people are going to walk to the store and buy Santa Margarita for twenty or thirty bucks in the store, in, they don't want to pay 50, if, 60, 60 yeah. bucks in a restaurant. They're going to be like, man, I'm getting ripped off. There's a restaurant selling to me for sixty bucks. I can go in the store and get it for twenty two bucks, twenty three bucks. They're ripping me off. But if you're going to find a Pinot Grigio that nobody else can find in a liquor store, very hard to find a liquor store, there's no price comparison. There's blind pricing. So now what the restaurateur, the owner, the operator has to do is be a little more creative. And I got to tell you, this is the theme. The last food show, I don't think you went to the New York food show with me because I ran in and out that one day. Right. There was a guy there doing consulting on wine lists. He goes, I'm trying to get all these big brands out of restaurants and have them show restaurateurs they need to be more profitable or how to be more profitable since that i've heard several people say the same exact thing yesterday we were with a wine broker 
And she was like, it's amazing how a lot of these restaurants just do the same. There's no thought process. There's no thinking. They just do and they go with the same thing. And they devalue their list drastically. Are they still going to sell Santa Margarita? They are. Are they still going to sell Josh Cabernet? They are. But why when you don't, when you can make more money other things? So this is, I think, the part about being unique, that unique factor of your restaurant, which takes a little bit of of energy to do some work thought thought Thought, energy you know just thinking about it a little bit more um is really important if there's one thing that you can take home from this you know today this podcast is think about where you're going to have the best margins on your wine list and your wines and your beers and those are the unique wines that are out there that nobody knows about because honestly when we're a little different because we we have a, a lot of um, invested interest in wine. We have wine knowledge. We have wine knowledge. And, you know, we're a little bit different when we go out to eat, but we want to see something different on a wine list. And really, people are just going to order a Pinot Grigio. They're not really going to care which Pinot Grigio it is. They're not going to care which Sauvignon Blanc it is. But if you can get a better price, on a better wine that's not mass produced or it's not all over the place where you see it every restaurant, every wine and liquor store, then buy that one. Right. Buy that one. Buy right? that one. Do So now a lot of restaurateurs are going to say, well, I don't know about wine. It's, it's true. Some restaurant owners don't even drink wine, know nothing about wine or nothing about, know nothing about it. So that's when you have to then go to your salespeople. You go to your salesperson and say, listen, like the first thing I ask a lot of places, and a guy came to sell some Bacchanor yesterday, and I was a little upset that they went on a local on on in a local other place to sell some. I was like, because that doesn't I was actually surprised that you got any. I was actually quite surprised that you ordered as much as you did. The owner was here. Knowing that, but it's a great brand. And I mean, it is, it's a good brand. The product is good. The value was good. The owner came to see us. You know, and the owner came to see and us. And he us, and invited us to, to Mexico. So that's, and I got, yeah. and I got that. And I asked twice. I said, that other restaurant bought that much? Mm-hmm. Because I know the other restaurant doesn't buy stuff like that. And like, so I want to differentiate myself. And I'm like, I, I, my, this most, most sales people that we do business with know that, hey, um, if you're coming to our town to sell me something, don't go. I'd appreciate else. you don't go anywhere else. And we can't stop other other people from ordering it. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to walk in with the owner or with the sales and sampling it, you're encouraging other people. There's twenty like six thousand la- registered wines in New York State. Twenty six thousand registered labels with the state. That wow, it's a lot right of wine. <laughs> and other states have five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand. That's a ton of wine. It's an insane amount of wine. Like I know, like let's say San Juan, Puerto Rico, right? You go there, and everybody's got the same wine list. You can't get, yeah, because it's a small island. There's only so much available, and it's like wow. But I'm sure there's other things that people aren't using in there that that could be used, and that's gonna take. But if you're in a normal state, you just contact your liquor rep and you say, "Listen, I don't want stuff that's in the stores. I don't want stuff that's floor stacked. I want stuff that comes from smaller production." People don't know much about it. This is, and most salespeople can help guide you in that direction. But a lot of restaurateurs, a lot of, um, uh, well, I guess restaurants, they're just there to make money and quick and easy. So they don't want to take the time 
to go and research and call their reps. The rep shows up, they taste it, they buy it, or they have the same things behind their bar. They have the big brands behind the bar. That's all people ever ask for. And they don't take the time to train so their you staff made a point either. before about making higher margins. Barefoot, we can make high margins, can't we? Or no? I don't think so. I don't think you can make as high of margins on barefoot. barefoot. No. no. You know why? Because here's what restaurant Be- stores say. Because you can go into the store and buy a bottle for six bucks, bucks right? Yep. And why would I pay $12 for a glass of barefoot in a restaurant? When I see barefoot in a, in a, in a, in a restaurant, I know they put zero, zero, zero effort. effort into wine. Zero effort. Zero. So barefoot, true. You can walk into the store. Even though barefoot is dirt cheap, the margins are going to be much lower in barefoot because you can't. There's no blind pricing. So well, I want, you charge I want, $8 I want people to understand that buying cheaper products isn't the answer. Buying a product that isn't distributed as much at a better value is the answer, right? which takes a little more research. Yes. Now, sometimes salespeople don't even know. We have one salesperson where, where I said, I want to order this wine. He goes, we don't have that. We don't have that anymore. I had to email, I had to message the owner, owner of, of the, the vineyard. vineyard. And she was furious. She's like, Marcus, they have my wine. I can't believe this. Or telling, she was furious. She's like, who's your salesperson? I can't believe this. And like, I had to go back then to the importer and then to the company. And so I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know we had it. Like, do you misspelling it or what were you <laughs> doing? Like, you didn't know you had it. So sometimes the salespeople, now here's the problem with the salespeople. They're getting, commi- they're getting higher. Um, what do I want to say? Bonuses. They're getting bonuses if they're getting Kendall Jackson places, only places. Mm-hmm. So let's say Jack Daniels comes out with a new flavored whiskey or Cuervo comes out with something new, or it's a new Bacardi rum. These guys and gals have to get so much new placement every month. So they walk into all month long. They're like, I need to place this in 20 new, 20 new placements this month. That's all they're focusing on that month is doing those 20 placements of, you know, Bacardi dragon fruit, whatever it is. But you know what? We need to change the way that these companies are working and it, it, we are not going to be able to do it alone. We need other restaurants out there doing the same thing that we're doing and they need to stop them from doing this kind of stuff and they need to explain to the sales rep we need a relationship we don't want to just buy something because you're walking in the door with it right and so i think the biggest fear for most restaurants is not having something that other restaurants have so i think i think that if you're a restaurateur tell me if this is true if you don't have the Santa Margarita, you're afraid because people are going to drink Santa Margarita somewhere else. They're not going to come mm-hmm. to you because you don't have Santa Margarita. If you're a tequila bar, if you have nice thing, if you're doing tequilas, they're not going to come to you if you don't have Patron. So you put Patron there and you put those other celebrity brands, Casa Amigos and then Clase Azul, even though you know they aren't that good and they're overpriced, but you know if you don't have Clase Azul, People aren't going to come to you if you don't have Patron. People aren't going to come to you. Is that true? Is the mind is that mindset true? I'm sure there is a bit of that mindset now, is out that there. The, is that the reality? No, I think people. If you tell somebody, well, listen, look at us. Twenty years ago, we did not have Heineken. We did not have Bud Light. We didn't have Budweiser. We had none of that in the restaurant. We decided from the beginning we were not having that at our restaurant. I mean, that was kind of our start. And you know what? People walked in. We didn't have it. They walked out. Certain times they did. Certain times. Not all the time. Now, forget it. 
you, if someone says I'll have a Coors Light or whatever, and you don't have it, but let me taste you on this. It takes training to be able to train people to think a different way. And it's taken us a while, but it's easy to do if you are willing to put in the effort and the time to do it. I mean, that is the bottom line. Bottom line, that. Bottom line is the whole theory theme of everything we do is training, 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 right. training, train your staff and train your guests and train yourself to want to be better at what you do. So I just heard last night, Courtney, our daughter say somebody came in and asked for a Hennessy. Oh, did you hear this? No, I didn't hear this. I wasn't there. So somebody came in, a friend of a friend, they came in, they asked for a Hennessy and Courtney, our daughter said, we don't have Hennessy, but I have cognac. He goes, well, what's cognac? They don't even know what it is. He's drinking Hennessy, which is cognac, has no 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 idea. idea, no idea, no idea. And I guarantee you somebody like that could work in a restaurant and it's going to give a stupid answer to a guest. Well, we don't have cognac. I mean, the Hennessy is sitting right on the well, on you, the on, on the bar, right? If you think about why people order like an absolute and tonic. They don't even know what like they know absolute is a vodka, but they don't. It, they it don't doesn't care. matter. It's it's like a Kleenex and a tissue, right? Kleenex is the brand of a tissue. So when we were right? in high school, when we were in high school, this one kid goes, "Oh yeah, we were drinking absolute and we were drinking vodka." And we're like, dude, that's the same thing, <laughs> right? So people, so people just, right. they, they, they don't, they just don't know because they haven't been educated, been educated. and it's our job to educate. And that is what, what we are so restaurant owners, is, right? So now there was a restaurant here in the, in our area, 10, 15 minutes away from here at one point where I would hear the wine rep say that the owner, the chef owner doesn't drink. So he doesn't know what to buy. He doesn't drink. And and a lot of the stores in our area, mm-hmm. our liquor stores in our area, are owned by Indians, and they typically don't drink. So when you walk into, not all of them, because our one good friend does drink, who's Indian, who owns a store, but there's a lot of Indian stores that are owned that they don't drink, and you walk in, and you at, they have no clue what you're talking. They have no clue, because they can't tell you. They're going all by the shelf, shelf, shelf talkers, mm-hmm. the labels on the shelf, and the rating. So the bottle needs to put the rating 89 points, 91 points, 88 points, whatever, best value. But there's a lot of situations like that. And that carries right over into the restaurants. That mentality carries. And folks, if you own, if this is your business, if you own a liquor store, wine shop, if you own a restaurant, it is your job to know this. If you have a liquor license, I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you, but it, it is your well, job. I agree. I mean, that's what you're there for. Your see, job is see, to know. See the back of my back shelf here if you're watching the audio? These are books. Books <laughs> educate you. I have tons of books. We have I, tons of Audible books you <laughs> on can, tape. You can literally take Kevin's Raleigh's Windows in the World book and read it through in a very easy read. And even the first couple editions you can read, then they're small books and you can know the basics. If you do not know the basics on wine or liquors or things like that, you get to your salesperson (laughs) and you say, please come in and teach my staff and myself Chardonnay. Samuel Blanc. That's how I learned. That's how we learned, right? tasting. When I opened, we opened, I knew a little bit about wine. Mm -hmm. I knew more, let's put it this way. When we opened in 2003, I knew more about wine than most restaurateurs, which compared to what I know now is nothing. Yeah, I knew nothing back in 2003, but it was more than most restaurateurs. Mm-hmm. This is part of my profession. It's part of my career. So if you own a restaurant, it's your job to know this. You're going to now have to say, like, if you just got your liquor license and you've been in business a decade, you just got your liquor license or two years or whatever, 
it's now your job to to learn and teach and drive the ship forward with this um same thing when it comes to tequila and all this i think people are afraid not to have the patron but here's the interesting interesting fact when people come in and they go we're you know tequila i start talking tequila with them they go, i don't know these tequilas they always say to me marcus i don't know these tequilas you're showing me they must be expensive i'm like 45 dollars retail 50 dollars retail 55 dollars retail 60 dollars retail they're like what do you mean why are they so cheap Casamigos is 70, Clase Azul is 150, 224, whatever it is. They go, why are these tequilas so cheap? I said, because they're not celebrity tequilas. There's no the big million dollar ad campaigns in it. This is a real family producing real products. And every single person I've ever tasted on our tequila, when they that have asked the big brands, have always wondered, where can I buy this bottle? Where can I buy this bottle? Where can I buy this bottle? And guess what places don't have those tequilas? The majority of other restaurants and and liquor stores and liquor stores, and liquor stores so yeah. they have to come back to us now mm-hmm. people come back to us because they can't get the stuff anywhere else the artisanal stuff the and little little brands the little, all the small cool small. boutique yep. wines we have all these cool things we have they can't get it at the liquor store they come to us to consume it and that's when you know this is working yep that's the unique part when you know this is working I'm not expecting every restaurant tour to be a wine expert and this and that, but please put some more. But thought. have thought and and educate yourself a little bit more. When I walk in and I see Barefoot, Josh, and Santa Margarita, I know they've done zero thought and they're just buying it. And they and I know they're just stacking it in the the room in their back storage room, bringing it out, and they know nothing about wine. So now, quickly before before we end this. So we're going in 20 minutes. I try to keep, we try, we try to keep these 20 minutes. I just heard recently that one restaurant had a great, a large wine list, a large wine list. But then one of the importers said, yeah, but a lot of those wines are crap wines. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how large it is. It's the quant- the quality over quantity that make a difference. And I think a lot of restaurant, restaurant owners, restaurant tours, operators, get caught with the numbers. I need a hundred beers on my list. I need a hundred wines. Right. And it's like, it's was... like having a hundred tap beers, right? right? And you look behind the bar and you're like, what kind of tap beer do you have? So now I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. I've been guilty of that in the past. Of what? Buying, oh, just buying. Buying, buying just to fill Buying in. just to fill in. Just to fill in, buying. Say, okay, you know what? Let's just fill some titles in. Let's just, you know, just buy stuff because i don't have this without tasting it without understanding it without knowing if it's even good or not just filling yeah, things you in. are definitely guilty of that i've been I, not i've been a you long are time guilty of bringing in things because we need to up that category but not crap not crap though, not crap but not, not crap, crap but you've you've been known to do that but in the past i would bring in just because i didn't know any better right Think, oh, I'm going to bring in more of this. I'll have more but of you learned, you learned and you made changes. I think the majority of Mexican restaurants fall in that category. Oh, Mexican wine? It comes into yeah. tequila, tequila. Tequila too. They tequila just buy tequila, and... buy, buy. They fill, they fill. You have these Got... places that say, and oh, we. place has the same. If you go to a Mexican restaurant, they all have the same tequila. They all have the same mezcal. And it's boring. And it's no fun. Right. It's no fun. No fun. And we love tequila. And we love margaritas. And we can go to a Mexican restaurant and not even drink because of because mm-hmm. of that. Yep. So, all, all right. right. Yeah. All right. So thank you for joining us today. You build it, they will come, right? I think so. And be patient with be it. Be patient. Be patient with it. And don't give up. This is, folks, this is your job. 
This is totally your job. So Marcus, what if they want to get in touch with us for some help um, yeah, in terms of, of consulting or helping them? Because that is our mission in yep. life is to help other restaurateurs be more successful. So how can uh, folks reach out to us? Uh, uh, 50mistakes.com. Excellent. 50mistakes.com will roll you into restaurantgrowthsecretsuniversity.com. Mm -hmm. And we have a restaurant in Ellenville, mm -hmm. um, uh, 90 miles north of New York City, called Aroma Time Bistro. Uh, we've written a couple of books, which yep. are back yep. here. Yep. So, so you can still get 50 mistakes for free. In fact, we have to send some out. We have some orders that came we in. We do. Um, 50 mistakes that business owners make. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, you know what, Marcus? I was somebody." What it was it was the guy who used to pick up our our compost he goes you won't believe what happened marcus he goes i was i was talking to a lady and she was oh I, you would really enjoy this book and she handed us a copy of this book oh my gosh she wow. handed her, he goes i know him <laughs> and she was like really yeah so somebody gave somebody and and they came in for their birthday and and they had a good time last saturday or whatever day it was sunday so you can get this book for free just pay a few bucks for shipping and handling and we'll ship it all over the world. We just I think we have one going out to British Columbia. British Columbia. We just shipped them to Australia. Australia, Australia yeah. Australia, we just shipped one to. Yeah. This has been to over probably 50 countries now. Mm -hmm. This book is in 50 countries. 50 mistakes. This other thing. Five zero mistakes.com. I make myself a note, actually. Yeah, to <laughs> ship some more books out. Yeah. So I think we need to order more, too. Yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah, they can get a hold of us there. Okay. Restaurantcrooksecretsuniversity.com or 50mistakes50mistakes.com. You could even and, call us and we'd try to help yeah. you send us an email. Yep. So. Go there, send us an email, help yeah. at 50mistakes.com. And there's tons of learning stuff there. But our big thing is, is teaching restaurateurs how to train their team. Mm -hmm. How to train your team is key. And that, that's what we're focusing on a lot of. Absolutely. But we focus on a lot of every, everything when it comes to restaurant operations. So, All right, that's it, folks. Thank you for watching. Test of time. Love, passion, and hustle in the restaurant, restaurant business. In industry. Business, industry. Whatever. <laughs> in the restaurant world.